Hey guys, and welcome to Friends, Acquaintances, and Everybody Else, a millennial podcast hosted by two women of color, set out to spark conversations of change on everything from careers, creativity, spirituality, love, and wellness. And while sometimes we may disagree, we at least hope to change a few minds about a couple of things. Hey guys, it's your girl again. It's Katie and And I'm Alexa. Hi. <laughs> Just to give y'all a heads up, this is another one of those interviews yeah. or sessions that was recorded via uh, Zoom. Zoom. So, <laughs> so whatever background noise y'all hear, there might be a little static. Yeah. You know, bear with us. The Zoom Technology. life is what quarantine is yeah. now. So. But luckily, like the next few episodes, it'll be me and Kadian. We might even have yeah. an in-person recording yes, session. Yes, soon. Pray for us, y'all. Pray for us. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you want to... Should I just jump into a little couch time and introduce our guest? Yes. All right. All right, Kadian. Hey, boo. So, how are you? I am good. I am, uh, I got to get out the city for a bit. I'm upstate. Oh, lucky you. Yeah, I know. Lucky you. Um, but I, uh, I'm super excited for this guest. You've been raving about I know, her for a little minute. I know. Diamond is a very, very special woman to me. Uh, we used to work in the financial industry together, and um, she definitely helped me with my wokeness. I didn't know it was like an awakening that she was instilling in me or like awakening in me or whatever. But uh-huh. there was, you know, she I met her one day and like I just my spirit felt her spirit. And I think like she says the mm-hmm. ancestors moved and I just immediately called her like my big sister and like wouldn't leave her alone. And she slowly fell in love with me. And now I'm her little sister. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's really that. cool. She's active in, you know, social justice and things like that. She's a part of the mm-hmm. well, she leads diversity over where she works also. So mm-hmm. and you know, that role is it's one that's getting a lot of hype right now because a lot of companies are trying to implement mm-hmm. it now. But um I think she's one of those in the role that isn't just there or rather if the company thought they were just putting her there mm. for face or a trend yeah i'm pretty they, sure they found out that she's there to be actually yeah. active and to be heard yeah. which is amazing so regardless i'm so happy that she's in that role because more companies need people like her Absolutely. to lead that she's a sure. needed loud voice in in the business world but also out in the streets So I'm really excited to share her with you and the world and all that she has to say about being great and being black and being excellent. Amen. Shall we dive on in? Yes. Let's finally introduce the world to her. All right, guys, we want to introduce you to a good friend of mine. She is an activist down here in Florida in the Tampa Bay area. Diamond, how are you? Well, I hope you guys are the same. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you kind of came to be the beautiful activist that you are. You know, I always kind of get this weird feeling when people say activist. I'm like, oh, it's so edgy, right? And it's, um, 
it's a labeling and you know and there's a connotation around activism and an activist um i think that i um became an awakened person um i think life of course cultivated that but i think more than anything you know, I attribute my passion, I guess you would say, for social justice um, to being the rebellious daughter, you know, of a hippie mother. Um, <laughs> I think, um, you know, it's the energy of the ancestors that speak to my spirit often. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel like I have the DNA of some of the ancestors who jumped off that ship. Um, oh, I've always damn. kind of wanted to rebel against the status quo. You know, especially when you are, you know, my father was murdered. Um, so I didn't grow up without, with, you know, yeah. I grew up without my black family. Uh, my parents were the victim of hate crimes. My parents weren't even allowed to be married uh, in deep Texas in the 70s. So when was yeah. shaped by that. So, you know, becoming an activist necessarily isn't a thing when um, race, right? And, and understanding race relations has been your upbringing. So yeah. I was never fortunate, if you will, enough to escape race. Um, it's yeah. always been a talking point because it's been my background and my upbringing. So I don't think there was ever a moment um, where, you know, a, an activist light switched on. I think it's all the names we don't speak about that keeps me in what is called activism. Yeah. Yes. Damn. Because being dormant about those things and just sitting quiet ain't gonna do shit for us. So yeah. It ain't gonna work, you know? And I think um, what makes me risk it all sometimes of giving birth to a black male child. Ah. Um, that changes your perspective about life because Trayvon could have been my son. Tamir mm -hmm. could have been my son. You know, mm -hmm. um, Corinne Gaines could be my daughter at some point. I then had a black girl who, mm -hmm. uh, you know, isn't meek, who isn't light skinned, who doesn't have, you know, the acceptable uh, hair of a mixed girl, you know, who's is very proud of her darkness and her blackness. And so you see yeah. that. And when you have children, yeah. it changes the game. So you know what, that actually leads into a really good segue. So mm -hmm. I was wondering, um, so let's talk a bit like, you know, about ambiguity when it comes to colorism and race and stuff, because, you know, at face front value, people like you and Alexis, people aren't 100% sure what y'all are, they mm -hmm. might assume Hispanic, they might assume, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so as far as your experience on that, can you go into a bit like what people <laughs> or what things that you have come across and experienced because of your appearance, maybe? Is something that always is um, interesting to me. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm biracial, right? So my mother was white, my father um, black, but not even dark skinned black, right? So I have this tone of beige we'll call it Maybe a, <laughs> a toasted beige um i have the hair texture uh, of a puerto rican girl from new york i've been told yeah um and i have the features you know of a woman from the caucus mountains right um <laughs> and so i think that um very early on i which is funny when people say, oh, but you're mixed. You know, you're only half black. You're not real black. You don't even look black. Ooh, trigger words. <laughs> you don't sound black. Yeah, right, right. Um, but your mom, look at your mom. Yeah, she's blonde hair and green eyes, you know. Um, I had to assert my blackness as a black woman early on in life. Um, I remember being young. I didn't know how old I was, you know, having to affirm I am a black woman. 
right? Having to say that, having to remind the world, maybe even myself, I am a black woman. I'm a black girl. I'm a black child. I'm black, right? And so having to say that over and over again, mm -hmm, Uh um, because you get washed, right? Um, Mm -hmm. From the black spectrum. And as a biracial person who is white passing, if you will, but more of a kind of white Hispanic passing, um, you find yourself in situations and conversations and circles where your blackness is not known. Yeah, um, and it is a very interesting and 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 um, fluid dynamic of understanding race and understanding racism. Um, I speak about racism in the Hispanic community a lot, although I'm not Hispanic, because I'm Hispanic passing more so. I'm I'm often seen mm-hmm. as a Hispanic woman, and in those circles. Uh-huh. I've often, oftentimes had, you know, Hispanic and white people make very racist comments to me. Um, So many stories I could tell you about. Um, And I've seen them react to black men and black women. I've seen them not be empathetic. I've seen them be very judgmental Mm -hmm. and at, at times right in the middle of, I've had to say, you know, just in case you forgot, or maybe in case you didn't know, I'm a black woman. I'm black yeah. and there's this awkwardness and yeah. I had to assert that in so many spaces at work. Yeah. I was saying, thank you for even saying that. Cause there's a lot of people who would sit in those conversations and sit around those rooms and areas and just assume like, well, I'm not like officially black. So I'm not going to speak up because this isn't my space to do it. And there, and it's not the case. I feel like that's the same thing as being racist because you're being passive when you're around racist. Right. And I had to you know, use those examples two white people who want to be allies, you know, when we have conversations about how can you help with race relations, you know, when to use your voice, when not to cower. Um, And it's made for, you know, sometimes very awkward um, moments. And I tell people that is going to be awkward. Okay. This is not for the lighthearted. And uh, but but racism is not for anyone. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have to use those moments. You can use them as a teaching moment. You know, I have learned how to um, direct my energy so that it doesn't come across, you know, you never want to be the angry black girl, right? No matter how like in you are. <laughs> Whatever I just accept it. I'm going to be it. Whatever. <laughs> my words. You know. I'm going to be angry because this shit makes me angry. <laughs> right. You know, especially in corporate settings, you know, and to be able to play their own game for your benefit and for the benefit of all black women and all black people and in those spaces um but at the same time you know i don't want it to seem like it's just exclusively you know non-black people um because colorism Mm -hmm. and and the racial female um and and the dark-skinned man let's not you know i want to make sure i always mention that as well in that darker skin reflected in the female body um is perplexing right Uh um and, and that's something we find heavily in the black community and if we take these opportunities and, and as a, a light-skinned fetished woman, you know what I mean? Like not me personally, Ugh. but the idea of me, the image of, of me in our community. If we don't address that, if we don't speak on it, um, we're doing a disservice to the entire community, but more so to our darker or just full black sisters. Yeah. Because oftentimes when darker women speak on it, um, there's an attempt to silence them. There's a pushback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the, oh, I used to hate on her because she's pretty. You just hate on her because she's fine. And you start to see this hate, this hateful speech coming in our own community. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Towards just speaking out, saying, I don't care, you know, the light skin is your preference, that's fine. But just don't downgrade and speak bad about darker skinned women yes. or women who don't oh have that kind of hair. You don't have to. Yep. Yes. You know, and as mixed women and biracial looking women or light skinned women with green eyes, right? All these features that have watered our blackness down, they mm-hmm. come from white blood, yeah. waters down our darkness. They're praise. And and this is not like I'm not surprised. Right, like skin's not a product. Yeah. Our skin's not like oh, it's, not. Right? it's in women. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and I always say this, and I think I said it to Alexis. You know, last week when we were hanging out, um, oftentimes I lead in when we talk about colorism, and I explain to people because there's so much pushback. You know, you can explain racism. You know, you can talk to the black community about racism, but the minute you start talking about colorism, absolutely. It's funny how that makes people more uncomfortable than talking about race itself. Yeah, is color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll agree with you up until a point, right? Even when I speak about patriarchy and misogyny, especially within the Black community, oh, hell, all bets are off. I mean, I can talk about racist white people <laughs> and examples all day long. The minute, you know, you turn that, that view inward and you talk about, hey, and here's what's going on over here with us, nobody wants to hear it. You know, you're shot down because of your mixedness um, or yeah. stop that white woman feminism. Mm. Yeah. No. Like, can we just talk <laughs> about it all? Um, you know, but but the thing we have to understand in the black and brown community is that colorism is in fact the fruit that the tree of racism bore. Damn. And that's a poison that we're eating, right? We're ingesting it and we're eating it every day and we're feeding that fruit to our children and we're fertilizing that tree the more we continue to do it and we gotta get away from it at some point. It's damaging our children. Okay, so that leads us into the next question, right? How do you begin to have this conversation about race with non-people of color? I I like to have these conversations, but I also want to make sure I'm very clear with what I speak about. Um, I don't speak for people of color, per se. I like to make sure that there is, and then Black men in a struggle that we face, um, it's important to to divest the difference. and I say that because there is a community of people of color and then there are black people and they're black okay. and brown people. Correct. No, it's not the same. Oftentimes we'll speak in generalities and we'll speak in wholeness of, you know, white supremacy and white racism and then people of color. Um, I, I beg to differ oftentimes and say that there's three groups. There's white people, there's people of color, and then there's the black community. Um, mm-hmm. Black Hispanics, Afro-Latinas, because of course that is a thing. Um, but it's important to me whenever I have these conversations, um, to speak directly to black issues, um, and the black Mm -hmm. community outside of the lumping of people of color. Um, and I think that's important that we reiterate that when we have these conversations, not that there's anything wrong with that, but there's not a divide of two. Um, now not to say that people of color and having, um, this mixed group, um, don't experience white racism. They right. absolutely do, but at the same time, they perpetuate um, the ideology of white racism, right? Um, to the degree of the power that they hold, and uh-huh. they have prejudices and preconceived notions and a disdain for black people within that pool of people of color. Damn, correct. Mm. That's problematic as hell. Um, and as black people, not that we need to divide ourselves from the idea of people of color, but it's important that we have these conversations. We speak for ourselves 
and our experiences because they're not the same. People of color, color including Asian people, there's heavy racism in the Asian community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, as yeah. black people, we see that every day with the videos that go viral of, you know, the nail shop situations and, you know, things yeah. of that nature. There's heavy, uh, you know, disdain for black people in the white Hispanic community. And I always say it's important to call white Hispanic what it is. It's white Hispanic. They don't right. identify as black. You know, we have these conversations about, well, you know, Hispanic people, they came from black, but they're kind of black. You know, it's okay for them to say the N-word. Uh, but, nah, yeah, you know. Let's, let's not forget Spain and the Spaniards and bringing over slavery. People often forget that part of history. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, so when we speak about those things and, you know, how, how do we have those conversations? I think it's important to always understand that we're speaking about, you know, multiple dynamics. Um, and, and that's okay, right? It's okay. Um, but we need to address that first and foremost, and then we need to break it down um, in layers because there is no one cure-all. There's an understanding of let's have a conversation. So um, let's be open to feedback, even if we don't like it. And let's leave with questions. You know, anytime I'm asked to speak or, you know, I'm, I'm in a conference call, you know, with the CEOs of my company and they want to speak about mm-hmm. diversity and want to speak about what they can do. I always ask them questions and they're usually not prepared for it. You know, I said, you know, what is, what is racism to you? They always will, you know, leave with like Nazis and like the KKK and like these extremes, right? These drastic <laughs> extremes. Yeah, got it. And I'm like, but not, because I ain't never seen this dude in the hood. But what I have seen mm-hmm. is Black women be called dogs. You know, I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, applications where if your name's too ethnic, you know, you might not make it past. I've seen people come to the bank with their pants hanging off their butt, be a little too dark skinned, you know, and have the police called on them. Because why? Because you think they're cashing a fake check in my own line of work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, so when you hear that oftentimes non-Black people think that racism and white supremacy and the racial injustice is the extreme and they don't understand that we live in 90 percent of the middle yeah. and everything that affects and happens to us is the 90 percent which is we are in the middle of they don't see the that. little microaggression you know, it is the, the small moving mm-hmm. right it's everything right it's it's ev- it's the everything kind of racially charged jokes. It's, you know, not calling out certain people in power on their very avid racism. It's not canceling a company or a product because they're doing overtly racism shit. That's mm-hmm. the 90% we're living in. The 10%, you know, burning crosses in the yard. Well, we don't really see that. We don't really live in that right now. So I have to try to leave right. questions and, you know, explain to me what you think this is. Where have you seen it? Where have you heard racism? And then I give them examples of actually you've seen and heard it a lot more, um, but you don't recognize it. And until we can get everyone to recognize, like you said, the microaggressive, like the, the outliers are, you know, the extremes, but we need to understand and process our daily living experiences that are shaping the white supremacy that we're upholding. Um, and, and that we're buying into. And it's, you know, it's the hate of each other in our music that's being promoted by the Jewish and white labels, right? It's so many things uh, on so many it levels. Is, it is a lot. And until we start having those conversations, we can't move it forward. Mm-hmm. So my next question for you then would be like, what, clearly you were very inspired by, you know, your race, your background and everything, but what made you want to pursue 
the role of like diversity and inclusion because I feel like that's a pretty heavy responsibility. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of like pressure for that role. Like, I didn't major in this in college, you know? <laughs> I, I was, what? Who tapped me for this? Um, but at a time where one of two things are happening, right? Companies are either running to save face, um, running to separate themselves from the rest and be like, hey, not us, look at us, look at what we're doing, right? So something's happening in this country and around the world where just a few years ago, you know, it was taboo to say Black Lives Matter, you know? Um, I remember organizing rallies and protests and worrying that some of my clients might see me on TV or might see me in the news and how will that affect my job, uh. right? What's my employer gonna say? What are the people, you know, who, who live in this area, the big, you know, big boys, if they see me on the news, even if they pan the yeah. crowd, and not only just my employers, but the clients, you know, because I'm pretty sure all my clients, mm -hmm. you know, who are predominantly white, might not like the fact that the person that's giving them financial advice and guidance yeah. doesn't have the same political views they do and, and is open about it, right? It's like, you don't talk about politics, religion, you know, and, and certain things, and now we are. So at the same time, I'm not, um, I'm not asleep on the fact that my appearance perhaps, um, might be fueling the reason yep. that I might have been tapped for those roles. Okay, okay. Um, and I say that because people are comfortable sometimes with, um, you know, which is why you see the light-skinned actresses, right? You see, you yeah. know, the lighter-skinned artists, right? So it's like, we're not racist. Look at my Black, right? Like Trump said, like, <laughs> look at my African-American over there. Look at my African but the African-American, you know, looks like me. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not, you know, that's not lost on me, you know? So at the same time, well, let's play this game then, right? Like once it became known that, hey, this person is very active in her community. You know, I started, um, you know, so many things in my company over the years, kind of pushing back, kind of pushing at them a little bit. Like, hey, why don't we do stuff for, you know, um, African-American History Month, you know, Black History. Why don't we do this? We do stuff for the LGBT community. We do stuff for the Hispanic community. We have a float in mm -hmm. the parade. Why don't we have a float in the Martin Luther King parade? Uh -huh. So over the years, I've been using my voice a little bit. Kind of just, a, you know, nudging it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then um, when corporations, it started to become the trend saying, hey, let's jump on this bandwagon, which is what they did. But, you know, hey, great. Let's, you know, good job um, catching up to the times. Um, someone had to fill those positions, right? They wanted to start diversity boards and things. Now, some people say that's a passive way to shut us up. I say I'm here for it, though, because until we're in those spaces and until our voices get on those calls um, and in those emails and in pushing those companies forward, we're going to still be stuck. So these little baby steps, and if they're doing it just to pacify us, that's fine. It's up to us to get in those spaces and push it forward, right? So that's up to us to do. Um, so knowing it's challenging, knowing, you know, hey, you're going to be the first person to do this, but not the last in this company. Um, you know, it's, it's a project and submission like everything else. So I'm going to, you know, take it for what it's worth, understanding all dynamics of it, and really just kind of give it my best to put my voice in that room. But not only that, to open up those doors um, for other mm. people. Because I get it, you know, hey, she looks the part. So let's put her in because I do maybe look Hispanic or but they don't damn know. Right. Racial ambiguity. They don't know. They're just like, but hey, let's, let's <laughs> put this face out there because maybe this looks but, for yeah. people of color. 
but you know what you're doing i think a lot more people that are not necessarily dark or that look like you should do is the fact that you're using that privilege that you have to help amplify and support uh, black people and those voices that often can't be heard because it's easier for you to get into those rooms and into those conversations. So I think that's amazing that you're even doing that. And yeah. I hope that this makes more people encouraged and inspired to do the same and to know that they do have a voice in those circles and they can speak up for the lesser heard, regardless of how you look. I don't think you should feel insecure about it or feel like you're not enough of it. Right. Once you have right. even a little of it or you have empathy for it, you know that you can speak up for it. Yeah. That's what I feel. For sure. You know, and sometimes, and that's one thing I kind of mentioned with Alexis a little while back was that, um, you know, sometimes there's, I feel like, you know, uh, kind of a little uneasy because I get the privilege that I have um, by the way that I look. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, on, on paper, my name reads very white. Um, mm -hmm. And oftentimes I have an empathy for you know, my darker skin sisters, because I know that I'm taking up the space that they deserve to be in. Um, so all I can do is do my best to move us all forward and pull us all into this space because, you know, um, even even in, in speaking about it, oftentimes, you know, when we speak about a Black experience of being a Black woman, I realize my voice shouldn't be the loudest in the room. Mm -hmm. because my experience is very different. My experience is such as a biracial woman, right? As a mixed woman, um, mm -hmm. even though I'm empathetic and I'm sensitive to the experiences, you know, some of my best friends, I've not lived in that body. Right. I've not lived in that skin. I've not lived in that hair texture, right? So I, I can only speak from what I've heard and what I think and what I feel, but I can't explain. I can't speak from that experience. So I believe those experiences need to be told best by those who have lived it and walked in that. Um, so oftentimes, honestly, I feel that we as mixed women, especially, even though we want to assert our, our, our black womanness, it's important to understand that we don't always need to be the loudest voice in the room when mm -hmm. certain issues are discussed. And we need to kind of fall back into play to black women um, who don't have a watered down of whiteness in them. Uh-huh because we already have had our voices amplified enough. Mm -hmm. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensitive oh. to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, last question, or I think it's a doozy. <laughs> Whose job is it to defeat and dismantle white supremacy? Ooh, child, this one. Ooh caused many debates right. still who's, no like <laughs> who's look at her fixing her hair hold on Ooh. let me get a sip real quick let me think about this <laughs> and i don't feel like there is well i think i feel like there's multiple answers to yeah. this i feel like Right. So you don't have to feel like there's like one particular group that it should or shouldn't be by the way right yeah right you know so I'm always, I'm a reactionary person, right? I'm an Aries and, uh, um, so <laughs> right. So I always have two reactions and two answers. Sometimes I, I joke about it being my mixedness, right? My white girl, black girl answer, my white girl, black girl response. Um, and I've learned to control her. You know, I was speaking to myself in third person sometimes and, you know, like diamond be out here cutting up, you know what I mean? But sometimes, <laughs> 
bars. Like, you know, my government name, you know, she be trying that to calm one. us down, you know, and she'd be like, hey, hey, girl, calm it down. So, so Diamond would tell you that uh, white people get, get your people, bruh. Uh, you know, Emily, yep. Emily, get, get your mama, right? Emily, so, get your mama. Tell Karen, tell Karen said, calm she, down. Need, she need to calm down a little bit, okay? Right? Um, get get your people, Emily. Um, but that's not our reality, right? Um, uh-huh. yeah. Our reality is it's going to take us, and by us, I mean Black people, right? It, it's going to take us holding their feet to the fire. They're not going to self-correct, and we know this. And I said yep. that all white people are, but, you know, I hate when, when people make a comment and be like, not all people. Hey, hey, ain't anybody said that. You said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm speaking to a specific group of people. Now, the shoe don't fit, you know, keep the walking. But at the same time, don't, don't, don't play dumb. You know, you know yes. your, your grandma ain't happy that you out there with that black boy. You know your granddaddy been yeah. there passed out when you brought that little brown skin baby home because you was out there messing mm-hmm. with that black boy. You know you have to date black people on the low because <laughs> you can't tell your family or friends. Yeah. Right, right. And you, and you know that you want a little mixed kid, but you're hoping it be a little light skin and you just fetish the brown baby. But what you gonna Ooh. do with your baby? Your baby Ooh, come out that little part. dark and she don't have <laughs> colored eyes Ooh. and she don't have that curly hair. Now your baby right here with one puff and the top of her hair, hair sticking out, right? And you don't know what to do and the baby looking a damn hot. Don't head. don't come for them. Don't don't <laughs> someone so, just got red. <laughs> right. So I'm, all I'm saying is, you know, it's it's not on us, you know. So those of you it, that are not in the black community, be it Hispanic asian chinese whatever white um you got to do a better job you know you see it you're you're not blind to what's going on um you're you're seeing the videos you're seeing people lose their life um absolutely you're the one it doesn't bother you you know it, it doesn't there's not a spirit in you that says damn it's fucked up you know where's your humanity right there's not something about that that doesn't sit right with you because if there is right then the next time, you know, Aunt Betty says, well, all lives matter. I'm not there. I'm not in that space. I'm not at Thanksgiving. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not there to speak up for, for you. Find your voice. Yeah. You know, you, what kind of ancestor are you going to become? You know, it's, it's up to you to make it better. Because what if one day your great-granddaughter decides she wants a little black baby? You know, like <laughs> you might be the type that's going to have a little, you know, little one of us running around. Are you going to just continue to be passive? You know, white silence is complicity and it's, it's criminal, you know, like you're upholding Absolutely. this. So if there's any compassion in you, you know, start now. You don't have to call yourself an activist. You know, that's a big title to take on. Um, but just start where you are. Speak where the other voices contradict how you feel. Let your voice be heard. You got to cuss your grandma out. Um, but you can share a story with her. You don't have to be confrontational. Share an experience. Share a story. You know, you know. There's times. There's moments. And as someone who's been in those spaces, I know that there's moments where you can correct. You know, I, I heard someone, someone's family member who I am friends with, who is white, you know, said the other day that <laughs> black people are so good at sports. It's crazy. <laughs> what? 
it's a very common misconception. I like like, dancing. Well, that's a compliment in in a half, right? But hey, let's let's start there, right? Let's uh-huh. start at the compliment. Let's start at the you know. <laughs> you've got such good hair. You know, let's start at the compliments, white folks. Yeah, yeah. Because right? they're not. <laughs> Don't tell a mixed girl she's got good hair because it's more white let's let's start no don't you can't touch our hair either like just start let's start somewhere you know but at the end of the day black folks it's it's up to us to grin and bear it right we also have to use those moments as teaching opportunities and experiences because that part the Mm -hmm. allies need our help they don't know what this is new for them They, they don't know how they don't know what to say and they're trying. So let's not beat them down. You know, I'm a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and um, even he will tell you, you know, I'm not against white people. I'm not against Jewish people. I'm against a certain type and a certain ones that have no interest in my well-being. So if you're not one of those people, let's have a conversation. Let's see how there we can work together know. to fix it. So it's up to all of us um, because one day we won't be here but our great, great grandchildren will. And you don't know what your great, great grandchildren are gonna look like. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So true. I, I absolutely appreciate you for saying that because I think a lot of people just get so caught up in the, I hate to use this, but race wars, right? right. Well, this race and that, I was like, but you know, not everyone in that race speaks that way. Yeah. So how about we find those allies and those people and then we help each other to amplify the voices and the messages to dismantle this together. Because all of our races, exactly, like all of our races and all of our cultures, God help me, like even in my own culture in Jamaica, we have our racist issues. And it's like 99% Black people. And we still have racism within our race. So (laughs) what's going on here? Can we just get it together? Because baby. Yes. Yes. It's exhausting. You know? It is. Reality is is very tiring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, we're here, right? We're in this space and you know, we're we're not our, you know, to say people love to say, like, oh, I'm not my great grandma, I beat your ass. Hey, hey, no, no, don't, don't, no, no, you won't. I mean, (laughs) y'all. Because the shit's happening right now and ain't nobody doing nothing, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm off of burning the building because, hey, burn that shit down. I don't give a damn. Um, you know, do what mm. you, you want to do. It is what it is. But don't ever sit around and be passive in what's happening to human people, you know? These yeah. are human beings. And, and right or wrong, um, my wrongs don't equal a death sentence um, on the spot. So Amen. you just have to keep that in mind. And, and, you know, it's, that's everybody, you know, there's plenty of white, Hispanic, Asian people that are killed by the police too, um, that are experiencing the outcome in, you know, of, of white supremacy. We look at the white girl who was killed, you know, in Charlottesville. So this is affecting us all. Um, mm-hmm. So turning a blind eye to it, it's eventually one day it might be you, you know, I mean, if you don't check, check people. And if you don't check the system, um, it's getting bigger and bigger and big brother might be knocking on your door next. So mm. eventually it's going to affect everybody enough to where they're going to want to use their voice. Damn. Diamond, listen, you, I don't even, there's nothing I think I need to even add to this. <laughs> you were just saying everything that I think is amazing. I see why diversity and inclusion as a role for you would be perfect 
because the way that you explain things, the way that you try to come from it um, from multiple angles and not just that one particular one that everyone is used to right. is so necessary and so needed. Right. Girl, we need people like you in this fight. Yeah. This is amazing. Alexis, <laughs> thank you for knowing this woman. Girl, I thank her so much because she <laughs> awoke me to my blackness. It took a real long time, but, yeah. you know. She's you know, each one said you're black you know? and something, aren't they? Aren't you? Yeah, each one teach one for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. She always I made mean, but, me you know, remember. It's, it's it's dope, you know, and it's people like you, ladies, who um have found your voices, right? Because again, we all have our own stories and we have a time before and then a time where something something hit us, something moved us, and we couldn't look at the world the same. There was no going back. You know, um, I think that's happening to a lot of people. You know, the awakening of the third eye is real. I think that there's a time where the ancestors smile and say, you know, job well done. And I just hope that, um, you know, I, I make them proud every day. And, um, you know, one day I hope that, you know, Allah is pleased with me and with each of us. And while I'm here, um, you know, I'm going to use my time and voice to do that. And I appreciate you ladies doing that as well and giving me the space and opportunity, um, you know, just to share my thoughts. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do you want to share where people can connect with you? Yes. Um. Yeah. So, they would like. <laughs> yeah. I. You know. At this point, as I'm redoing and rebranding uh, my image, because I used to be, you know, a, a lot more unseasoned with my thoughts. Um, <laughs> at this point, let me give my, my Instagram because that's where you're gonna find a lot of information. I post a lot of things about different rallies um, because we're we're still in these streets, okay? We still out here in these streets. Don't get it twisted. There's still protests mm. and rallies happening. Um, we're still, you know getting information out there to people that want to know what they can do, how they can, you know, petition, how they can join. Um, so you can definitely follow me on my Instagram page. Um, if you want to just kind of tap in with information that's out there. Um, it's diamond underscore daily diamond, a little untraditional D Y M N D underscore daily D A I L Y. Um, that's probably the best place right now. Um, okay. if you just want information to share ideas. Yay. Thank you so, so much, Diamond. We really do appreciate this. And I think we need to possibly bring this conversation back. Yes, we will. Absolutely. Things change every day. The world is changing. We're changing. Um, But I'm proud of you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We'll talk soon. All right. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye.